Hi, everybody. All right, listen, before we get into today's episode, I just want to remind everyone we have a contest happening with the show. So listen, just to refresh everyone's memory, we want you to head over to Apple Podcasts and leave a five-star rating with a written review where, yes, maybe you can say something lovely about the show. That would be greatly appreciated. But more than anything, we want you to include your favorite three things from pop culture. Like if you were coming on the show, what are the three things that you want to tell me everything about? All right. My producer and I are going to pick our favorites and then create an Instagram poll to get everyone to vote on. And then whoever wins is going to get a fabulous prize. If you're wondering about our Instagram page and where you can see the intel for all those fabulous prizes, head over to at tell Liam everything. And I want to just remind everyone you have until December 11th to write your comment. And then you have until the 18th of December to vote. And then after that, we're going to announce our big winner. All right. Is this a ploy for people to rate, review and subscribe to the show? Maybe. But are we shameless about it? Yes. Now, listen, I want to say something else. It means the world to us that so many people have already written their reviews and included their pop culture picks because it's so funny. I said to my producer, Mimi, I was like, she had this idea for the contest and I thought it was so great. But then I also was like, what? Like, what if no one submits and what if no one writes anything? But so many people have. And I just want to say that really does mean a lot and we really appreciate it. So if you have not written your review and if you've not included your pop culture picks, be sure to do so over an Apple podcast. Get yourself submitted for a chance to win a great new prize. And that's really all I wanted to let you know. Get in and uh, make your voices heard there. All right. Now on with the show. Oh my God. Hi. I'm Liam Garrow. Welcome back to a brand new episode of Tell Me Everything, the podcast that, in case you don't know, is really devoted to people being able to completely nerd out. Here's what we do here. We want guests to bring on three of their favorite things that fall under the massive umbrella that is pop culture, whether it's like talking about, I don't know, Nora Ephron's comic sensibility, or whether it's talking about Erica Jane's Las Vegas experience. We want you to just be able to feel like you can really just kind of go on about everything. And I want guests to do just that. I want them to tell me everything about the things in pop culture that they are loving. And true to form with the show, we have two absolutely incredible guests, Lisa Traeger and Kara Clank, who are both hilarious stand-up comics. And you should listen and follow their podcast. It's called That's Messed Up, an SVU podcast. This is a show where these two funny gals watch an episode of Law & Order SVU, like their favorite episodes based on a real-life crime. And then they do a compare and contrast on that show with how the show handles the crime and then getting into the deep dive of the actual events that inspired the episode. And then they also speak to a special guest who was involved in the episode. How fun is that? These gals are fantastic. I hope you enjoy this episode. God knows I love chatting with them. Everybody, here's my conversation with Lisa Traeger and Kara Clank. Oh my God, it's happening. You guys, Lisa, Kara, hi, how are you? Great. Oh, we are good. We are good to go. Oh my, listen, I have to say, and I was saying this a little bit off mic before we started to get rolling here, but honestly, for realsies, and you know it means something because I'm saying it now on the pod. I would say it off and on the pod. I'm so excited to talk with you both. We're very pumped. We We're love excited people to that be are here. Obs- yeah, we love how obsessed you feel. This is good. <laughs> I, listen, if there's one thing that I'm going to like really like live up to, given my 
Gaiman status is like when I find something that I obsess over, I'll really fixate and I'll go deep, you know? Yeah. Me too. I'm an obsessive fan. I want to know everything about everything. I also just want to say a plumber was here and he was one of the hottest people. Like, I can't believe that's what this plumber came in with. (laughs) I was shocked. I'm telling you, plumbers make, I think plumbers make good money. I feel like it's luring hot guys and they're doing it. But the man I spoke to on the phone was not this man. So I expected what I spoke to on the phone to walk in. And instead, it was like his younger nephew. Yeah. You expected a Mario brother. Yeah. And it was. Let's be honest. You were expecting Mario, but you got Luigi. And that's huge. (laughs) I'll tell you who I got. Let's do the RuPaul who would play him. Well, let me ask. Let's let's ask some context questions, because I think this is also going to be important to us, like trying to really build our cast list in our head. Lisa, this is an important question. Was he Italian? Um, No, he was uh, Latino. Okay, so and, and like, how old are we thinking? If you had to guess. I would say 28 to 35. Okay. Okay. So we're working with a range. Um, <laughs> I'm not good at ages. Kara could attest. Are we thinking like a young John Leguizamo? No, I, I no, absolutely not. I would know okay. John Leguizamo's name. This is so the sorry. guy. He's in. <laughs> I'm sorry. Go, go. I'm so sorry. I just keep forgetting his name. Okay. So he's in a couple SVUs and he's in the one where he's in jail falsely, but someone abused him. He's in the episode of Girls with the guy. Guillermo. Guillermo. Guillermo Diaz. Diaz. Guillermo Diaz. Oh, shit. That's what was happening in my home. (laughs) And you were like, hey, also, can you just like check every other like piece of equipment in my home? Can you check it? Like, just trying to get him to stay longer. Sexual. Like, in terms of talking about basically the drain on my combo washer dryer, thrilling. This is thrilling info. No, Um, we need this. But like he moved it back and the full drain was just out of the wall. He was like, your drain is here. Like it was flying in the air. No wonder everything would like the water exploded. Um, But then he was like, the drain wasn't put far enough in the hole, but I'm going to make sure it goes even deeper this time. Like he really was giving it to like me in a way where I didn't crack, but I was like, okay, (laughs) you're being sexual, sir. The like listener that. can appreciate this. Can we agree that my jaw is essentially on the floor? That is incredible. The <laughs> yeah. other question I have for you is this. Do you think for realsies, like, yeah. is this a situation where you could actually call and be like, hey, this is wild, but I felt like there was a vibe. Should we hang out? Like, and would you want, no, first of all, would you want I, to? If, okay. Okay. If I wanted it to happen, I would have had to do it, brought it up then and there. You can't like call back later. That's really, um, not appropriate for business. Like a like but a I, plumbing misconnection is not happening. No, no, no. I think I would have had to have the guts to be like, but my place is a mess. Like there's loose socks on the floor. Like it really was a moment where I was humiliated. But what are you going to do? <laughs> well, but if anything, isn't that the rom-com version of your life where it's like, oh my God, no, no wait, you're actually, okay. And it's a hard no. Um, no, because rom-coms <laughs> aren't real, but they are enjoyable and I love them. But not listen to be to a me. Jenny no- Garofalo friend of. Uh, <laughs> oh, listen, but. not to cats and not to be the truth in cats and dogs about this, yeah. but the reality is this. Uh, but I want, I'm wondering though, you know, in the rom-com, there's always the scenario where it's like, oh my God, you've caught me off guard. And now you're like seeing into my real life and here's who I am. And I have socks on my floor. And then he's like, no, but what you don't know is I love that. Yeah. Yeah, I wish I had more gusto behind me, but I I wasn't. I was just staring at him with my jaw to the floor like yours was earlier, being like, 
yeah, oh. please put that tube in deeper. <laughs> like, fuck. I mean, you know, <laughs> he's like, I'm going to go get to- zip ties from the car. I go, love that. <laughs> <laughs> You're either going to murder me or fix my washer. I'm so I didn't excited. even go to murder. That's how charmed I was by this man. We wow. have a full, we, I, I, Honestly, what was funny, so I live in a studio, so I was typing, you know, Karen and I have a podcast about Law & Order SVU and true crime. And so I, I was doing a horrific murder um, research and I still didn't go there with zip ties or anything. I was just like so overtaken with him, but it was funny. I was just like, and then he was bludgeoned and shot in the back of the head. His throat was slit. Through. Like, that's what I was typing as this man was. <laughs> He's like, BRB, away. going to get zip ties and some duct tape. See you in a minute. It was just like, I wish I had Ooh. showered. I wish I tidied. <laughs> I wish I had more guts in like flirting. Um, but I enjoyed it nonetheless. I also did go to college with a girl who married a guy that she met on a misconnection. Like he was, what? he posted a misconnection about her and our friend found it, sent it to them and they're married. She's one of the most boring people I've ever met in my entire life. Uh, so I guess maybe rom-coms only happen to those kind of people. Well, Isn't no, it so but, devastating when boring people get like interesting stories that happen to them? <laughs> that is the worst. But like I did bring up, I went, you know, these kinds of machines. I read a lot. So, like, I feel I. Trying if, to like impress him. You're like, so I actually know like a lot about pipes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just saying if he wanted to chat, he could have, you know, I'm very in the school of he's just not that into you, but. I don't know. Well, you had mentioned Lisa. The way you like the pipe was amazing. Well, I'm like, here's the thing. I think maybe that was carte blanche. Now, Kara, the question I have for you. (laughs) Like, I'm gonna stick it back in. I mean, it was like, it was a Danielle Steele novel. It was really wild. Diva, that's E.L. James, bitch. That's Fifty Shades (laughs) of Grey. Now, Kara, who was the last person to enter your home that made you nervous by how attractive they were? I guess that's the only only fair follow up to you. Oh, my God. I'll be honest. Like, I feel like your bug guy was fucking hot. Oh, yeah. Lisa was over my house. I got my house. All these tradesmen. My God. I got my house um, there. Ever since I moved in, there have been crickets, like a few crickets in my house. And they Mm. go away for a while and then they're back. And I was just like, I can't do this. So I got like hypoallergenic, like um, bio-friendly, like a bug guy to come and like spray and get rid of my crickets. And Lisa happened to be at my house and was like, damn, your cricket guy is fine. And the real question is, was he was he like, whoa, um, hey, this bug spray, like I'm gonna coat you in it. I mean your house. Like, was he trying to be like all like no. kind of put in the mood? Respectful mm. and cool. I think everybody's trying he to get business. good Yelp reviews now. And I like I have a wedding ring on. There's like toys on my floor. I don't really seem like the kind of person that's gonna have like fun midday cheating on my husband's sex with the bug guy. But um, I wish, I wish. I just um I don't think I give off that m- mystique. But uh I did have to have him come back because it, it didn't work the first time but then when he came back right the second time boom they've been gone those mm. my house has been cricket free do you want to know something moments before we started recording i had a bug incident in my home which i feel is related so maybe i am my own hot bug guy let me explain what happened <laughs> i had a friend that was staying over and because i'm such a good friend i was like of course you can smoke pot in the home just do it out the window because like i'm an ally you know and so i have one of the windows in my apartment that doesn't have like the screen on it so you can really like stick your head out and make sure the smoke goes out but because of course like he slash we were getting stoned. 
I like we kept forgetting to close the window. So over the course of the evening, so many gigantic bugs kept flying into my apartment, but I had no idea until the next morning. But I thought I like I thought it, the issue kind of resolved itself because I didn't see any of them for a while. I'm like, oh, maybe they're just kind of like dead and somewhere on the ground, which is fine by me. And then I just saw one like on my lamp just to the left of this computer. And when I say that it was a bug that had body, I mean, it really was in the true sense of the word. It was an organism. OK, this bug had like a depth of soul like it was it was so enormous it so obviously had a personality and I was actually in the middle of recording something else and I had said to my producer Mimi I was like I need to take a break because I have to kill this bug because if I don't it'll drive me insane and girls all I'll say is this I killed it myself and when I did I felt a crunch I'm sorry to say that oh. what did I'm you really kill sorry it with? to say that what did you kill it with just like your garden variety tissue paper wow you caught it with your hand Cool. Yeah, I just like I got some I got some I got some paper towel and I just wow. kind of like wadded it up and then I was like and I caught it but it was one of those like I'm sorry and I don't mean to I'm so sorry if this is gross but like you know when you're like killing a bug and like you're like oh I've killed it and then you're like no it's still just solid and alive in this mound of like I really had to like push in. Yeah, Ooh, I would I, nev- I need uh, an accessory. I would never go hand first. I need I would pick up an accessory to hit it with. A magazine, a shoe, something of the like. Yeah. It just was so tricky because it was on this like it was on this like glass lamp. Oh wow. And I was like, well, if I hit it with something too hard, then yeah, it's gonna break. break it. Yeah, of course. You, you did the right thing. You did the right thing. I just really, well, I guess that's it. Thank you both for coming on. This was so fun, JK. Um, I was like, I just wanted this for emotional validation. Thank you for tuning in to Bug Chat, everyone. Yeah, uh, thanks, everybody. Well, no, listen, we really should dive in because the reality is this. We, of course, you know, this is uh, a rare podcast where we actually give our guests homework. And part of the homework that you were endowed with is that you were each encouraged to bring, as our audience knows, three of your favorite things that exist in the pop culture zeitgeist. And I'm very, I'm, I have a sense maybe of who's is who's, but I would also love to be surprised. But I want to dive into this first one because for your first pop culture pick, you have really the, like the juggernaut that is RuPaul's Drag Race. Now is, and let me, let me guess it, Lisa, is this a contribution from you? Well, I don't want to burst your bubble, but I will just let you know all three are all, th- all both of ours. Like, <gasps> yeah, we're combined. So we, we picked both three feel, of our obs- our common obsessions. Yes. We feel strong, very strongly about all three of those together. And I would say most of my deep friendships have Bravo in common. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't have many friends that are not in the Bravo universe, I would say. Now, the question I have then, and I'll start with you, We're talking Drag Race, and I apologize. We're talking Drag Race for now. <laughs> no, listen, it's totally fine. But I want to start with Kara. So were you, like, in on the ground floor with RuPaul? Like, were you watching season one? No. So I got into Drag Race um, through my brother, who, like, because it was, at a time, it was very hard to find all the old seasons, like, without buying right. them. My brother came to visit me in LA and logged into my Apple TV with his Apple whatever. And he had all the seasons because he's been a huge fan forever. And I started watching at season... When did I start? I was told to start at four. So I started at four. That's... I that, Yes. Yeah. Then I moved... I went from four to nine. Then I went back to one, two, three. Then I watched ten. 
um, 11. And then I wrote on season 12 and I wrote on all stars five and celebrity drag race. So yeah, I ended up getting like, after I was like at the height of my obsession with drag race, I ended up getting a job working on it, which was awesome. That's and Lisa, how about you? Were you kind of in on the ground floor? Did you come in at a certain season? Absolutely not. I was more behind than you could ever imagine. And I did not find the show until pandemic. And it's what got me through pandemic So then I watched it all the time and became super obsessed. And then, um, yeah, and that's been carried on throughout. Well, you and I have this in common, Lisa, because I, and I'm embarrassed to admit this as a gay man, but I also did not happen upon the ye old RuPaul's Drag Race until the pandemic. I just was never, because also I'm in Canada, so like it's hard to find it here. Like you kind of need to have like... There's like a specific streaming service you need or there's, there's like the channel that you and I just never had this. I never had the infrastructure to really watch it. And then, of course, the world shuts down. We have nothing to do. And so by the time I got on board, or I guess, Lisa, when you and I got on board, they were already at like season 12 or 13 or something like yeah. super, super deep in. Season and 12 I, had been shot and then the finale was during pandemic. There it is. That's right. And so I also got on board so, so late. And then I think I probably burned through. 12 seasons plus however many all-stars there would have been by that point in like two months. It was just like, I couldn't, it was the serotonin boost. My brain. Yeah, yeah. Cause it's really positive and emotional and silly all at once. And there's just like real drama, fake drama, great outfits, talented, talented people, good time. Joe. I mean, it's everything. And then you can cry once in a while. Mm. It's top tier television. There's a reason it's one Emmys after Emmys after Emmys. There's also something I find like really comforting in Drag Race about the repetition of it. Like, like there's so much originality in every season, but like there's always a reading challenge. There's always a makeover challenge. There's always, you know, like, and there's like this shared language, like everybody kind of knows like, you know, the workroom and like back rolls or like hit, you know, all different kinds of like little references and stuff about it that I think people, it makes it. Fun. You get a new crop of girls, and you but you kind of know what they're going to do with, like, yes. you know? So I think there's something fun about that. But that's, well, like, there, same is, with, like, America's a, Next Top Model and a lot of because shows. that's This is what I was going to say, you know? I love Top Chef. I love, like, any kind of talent competition, a Project Runway, a Top Model. Yeah. But all of those, these people, they're very good at one thing. The thing that elevates Drag Race is... You know, they might have to put on a magic show. You don't know. They have right. to redecorate a bedroom, a hotel. Like, they're, they yes. just have to. It's like makeup. It's the makeup. It's the hair. It's the fashion. It's the jokes. It's the acting. It's the singing. It's the choreo. So that is what adds to it that the other shows are just like, yeah, you know, the comfort is yeah. there. But, you know, they're going to cook a scallop. But here, <laughs> although what you wild. don't know is that next year there is going to be a cooking challenge and they will need to do a seven course meals in five inch stilettos. So, yes. like, let's see how that goes. Oh my God, I'm surprised there hasn't goes. been, to be honest. Well, you yeah, know, right? well, the what's fun is, I mean, it's a departure, but the new season of Top Chef is going to be in Wisconsin. And I'm like so intrigued. What? I know, right? Let me ask you, is Wisconsin known as being a food city, quote unquote? Well, I would say for like dairies, meat, <laughs> for sure. sure. So for your charcuterie essentials is what you're trying to say. Yeah, I mean, it's the dairy. It's like a dairy state. Or do, pe- do people say it's California? Whatever. Those happy cows are from California. I know those commercials. <laughs> but, but yeah, Wisconsin <laughs> is like cheese, meat, like meats, brats, right? That kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. But what happened is like um, in, in the past, let's say, 15 years, because I'm not sure, um, 
like New York, LA, like these places have become expensive. So a lot of artists are going back. And so there's like mm. an incredible food scene kind of in every fun oh. city. So oh, like, interesting. You know, you can go to great restaurants in Minneapolis and Detroit, like, sh- like, you know, they did their years in New York, let's say. But then it's hard to buy. Like, yeah, you're going to move back to your town and you're going to open an incredible restaurant in your town right. where it's affordable, more affordable. I'm sure it's still a nightmare. So there's wow. good chefs everywhere. And there's a good fudge shop I know of. But like Milwaukee, Madison, there's going to be people. There's going to be Well, stuff. that's also kind of the, I think, there's an gonna interesting appeal. There's going to have a challenge, of course. Of course. <laughs> well, the thing that I think is also interesting too about Drag Race is how it also kind of highlights what you're talking about because there's such a sense that like, well, if you're a drag queen, you're coming from one of the metropolises. You're coming from an LA. You're going to do a New York. Yeah. You're going to do a Chicago. But it's also like, then you have people who are like, no, I'm fucking huge in... I don't know, some small town in Texas or I'm like, blah, blah, blah. Like I've come from this kind of middle of nowhere and then they like kill it. I mean like Willow Pill, I understand this isn't like a small town, but you know, she's from Seattle and that's not like, I think necessarily what people think of when they consider like a drag epicenter. And then here she is, you know, winner of season 14. So it's kind of interesting. I think also how certain contestants can sort of like highlight their hometown. Like rural, you know, North Carolina, like there's a lot of them that are from small, small places. So yeah, it's, uh, it is cool in that way that they bring people out. I have like a behind the scenes question because Kara, if you, wrote on the show I am curious to know and I'll explain for in the event that someone lives under a rock and has never seen the show or if they were like Lisa and I and hadn't seen the show until the pandemic there is a moment when the girls all do like their final runway and then like the judging panel all have like their great list of like funny little punny jokes um uh as the girls are making their way down in their outfits a queen for all seasons Alisa Summers she's got goggles up there apparently she's going skiing Oh, I hate when drag queens have bigger boobs than me. I'll say the hills are alive. I'm giving them sexy, I'm giving them dominatrix, and I'm on top of the world. There's no feeling like that ever. She's an all-terrain she vehicle. ATV summons, all-terrain JJ. That's right. Oh, wow. <laughs> and I'm curious to know, if you could break it down percentage-wise, how many of those are written for them versus how many of those do they say? Well... Carson and Ross and Michelle write all their own stuff. They, nothing is written for them. Really? Yeah, they say everything themselves. I don't know if they have, I can't speak to whether they have like writers, but I, that would be very difficult because they wouldn't have a writer like on set. Like, but right. yeah. So, but they say, they make up everything themselves. Um, some of the guests need jokes kind of fed to them because they're nervous course, or they can't course. do it right on the spot. And then Rue ha- makes up her own jokes, but also has an earpiece in and we pitch jokes to a producer that's talking to her. I love that. How was that experience? Was that like awesome and being on the show? they also walk the runway twice so they get a chance if they like see it on the first one oh. to like think of the joke for the second runway. Oh, um, so so they can also like capture it like in the moment. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What was, what was the other question? Well, I'm curious to know just what was your experience being on that show, especially because you were such a big fan? Um, It was, you know, it, there were ups and downs. There were ups and downs. Sure. Like I was, I had just had a baby five weeks earlier when I started that job. And so that was tough. But um, I liked any time I got to work with the Queens. There's obviously like a lot of politics that goes on and like other stuff when you're, you know, working with people, especially like a show that's performing at a level like that. And everyone, there's a lot of stuff going on and yeah. whatever. But uh, anytime I got to do stuff with the Queens, I was like having a blast. Well, then let me ask you this then. Of the Queens that you worked with, who was the one where you were like, I cannot wait to talk to you. Like, I love you. Oh, geez. Oh, geez. Um, on all, well, 
On All Stars, I was really excited to see Shay Coulee, who oh, I love. Hell yeah. Yes. And I'm like blanking on who the other All Star people were that season. It was like Ms. Cracker. Oh, I like love Alexis Mateo. Um, mm. You know, all of them, like, I don't know. I try not to like be, I tried to like keep it cool. I was just like, yes. Hi. you know, the, the season 12, they were all new to me. The only ones I had really, and it's interesting because like you're talking about people coming from metropolises, like a lot of people come from big metropolises where they are huge and mm -hmm. they come on the show and they either get to in their head or like Lisa was saying, just because you're great at like a bar show in New York doesn't mean you can do a magic show or act right. or do like the thing, like, like some of the choreo, you know? So like, you would see people that you're like, oh, I've seen them in New York where they're a legend and like, oh, they're just, they're struggling a little bit more on the show than I would have thought. Like there were queens. I was like, oh, I've seen these people in New York. They're going to come on and they're going to crush. And then they struggle a little bit more. So it's just interesting like how that works out. But I, yeah, I, I was like, I got to meet um, also like Bob the drag queen and Monet doing nice. celebrity drag race. And I love that. Ugh. So I was like, you know, that's I'm curious to know if you both now let's this is almost this is like a party question. If you both were on that show, imagine you you have your drag persona. You're both very established drag queens and you have made it to RuPaul's Drag Race. Lisa, I'm going to start with you. What is the what is the challenge two parter that you think you would absolutely kill it at? And then what's the challenge where you're like, I'm going to shit the fucking bed? Well, I oh, think yeah. I would do great at the comedy challenges, but that's like my professional Naturally. job. So Naturally. I'll try to pick like a different answer that's not that. And I think I would do a really good job. I mean, I don't think I would do good in this, but I would want to do good in this is like I would love to make a garment out of unconventional, like a ball. <gasps> I think I think I would really hope to be good at the ball. I've never sewed. I do not sew. I don't know what I would do, but <laughs> I am good at collaging. Like I would love to do good at the ball and make an outfit. And then yes. what I'd be bad at is probably most of it. I think I don't think I'd put on a <laughs> wig well. I don't think I'd do makeup well. Um, I don't think I could block an eyebrow. I really don't think I can. I definitely know that I'm tone deaf. So it's kind of a competition. If I would look worse, my voice would sound bad. And in my dreams, I I think I could dance. Oh, I think no I'd be question. able to learn. I think I really do. But 100 <laughs> percent. Well, because also, wait a minute, Lisa, the last I'm time I did <laughs> listen at the um, at the when I spoke to you last. Also, Lisa, let's talk about are you still getting in your steps? Remember, you were doing absolutely your, your... not. I've fallen into okay. <laughs> what I call like, you know, Gilbert Grape's mom type of lifestyle <laughs> mm. or um, Kate Hudson pre the elixir and death becomes her. Like I've really <gasps> fallen by the wayside <laughs> in um, just a nightmare life, I would say. But really, fun. I, it's still pretty good. I mean, listen, all that matters is that from the outside optically through in, through social media, it looks like you're thriving exactly. and maintaining and maintaining the lies half the battle. Kara, what are the two challenges? The one that you think you would like absolutely kill it at and then the one where you're like get it away from me. Okay. I think I would be good at like the acting challenge or the not because I'm a good actor but because like it really is just all about like camping it up, camping it up and like not being too in your head about it. And mm -hmm. like the like the season I was on I wrote the acting challenge and I kept trying to tell a couple of queens like but just like have more fun. I can just feel you like reaching for the lines and it doesn't really matter and they were like got it and then would just be the exact same. And so like <laughs> I think I could I could do good on that challenge or um the one where you have to like 
sell a product, I think I'd be good at that. Like coming up with a commercial Ooh. and like selling a little product, like, you know, clank size your talking panties or whatever. I don't know. I'd come up with something better than yes. that. And then no good. I would be horrible at the makeover challenge because I don't know how to sew and I don't know how to like make two people that don't look alike look like each other. That I will say the criticism <laughs> sometimes for those challenges always drive me nuts because I will say it seems to me that season to season they kind of move the meter stick a little bit on like what they're looking for where they're like, well, we ultimately think that you don't look related enough. Or then it's like, this looks like a carbon copy and where's their own original personality. And I'm like, divas, we got to pick a lane. Yeah. Which is what it. are we looking for? Yeah. They're and that's gotta like, be tough. I don't see the similarity and it's like, well, this person is like a quarter of the size of the drag queen and like a different yeah. build and everything and coloring, but it looks difficult, but some of them do a great job. Exactly. And that's where I was going is like, yeah. you know, you could be like, oh, it's too much, but the, you know, you see the ones that are the best and you know, it's possible and you know why the others aren't good. So both yeah. those criticisms can right. be fair because when you see it done well, you get it and it's perfect. Because yep. I can and understand you gotta, how each I, criticism I guess. is real. Yeah, you gotta but, pack smart. You gotta bring an outfit for someone that could be like any size and like you know pack but smart. I do love the gossip um, that I've seen on the internet about like R- Raja. I guess on the All Star Seven, the all like oh, the winners. Yeah. Like I guess yes. she just was like Michelle Visage. You like wear. Where do you get off judging me? Which I agree with. Raja is better than everyone. And just like you're only there because you're best friends with the host. So shut up. So I do like I'm kind of into that scoop, even though I really like Michelle Visage. But well, I'm also going to I'm going to step up. I'm also going to I'm going to do some Michelle Michelle Visage defending here because I want to just say, listen, of course, she's there because RuPaul's her BFF. God bless. Incredible. I will say the thing that I've always been really impressed by when it comes to Michelle, though, is like long before we had this like word around allyship in the queer world, she was like, no, I'm that. And she always has like shown up. She's done the work. She's put her money where her mouth is. She was like praising gay people and drag queens long before, especially as a straight woman, like long before that was ever fashionable. So I do give her credit as like being a person who I think is legitimately very like aware and uh, very knowledgeable about that world. Yeah. I I also could see Raja being like, no, how dare you? And you know what? 100%. And honestly, I would probably pay money to Raja for her to speak to me that way is yeah. kind of how I feel. And I would love to just kind of be put in my place by a woman who oh I just God, feel is a deity. She should auction that deity. off like $10,000 for charity. Like I put you in your fucking place, Raja. Raja Listen, is one of the sexiest beings to walk this earth. It's just like too good to be true. And it's a, and for her, it's a combo platter because I think, and I'm curious to know what you both think about this because I think there are plenty of like sexy people out there but not all sexy people have sexual charisma but raja is sexy and has sexual charisma uh, but i don't think you can be considered sexy without the sexy charisma i you like who's an example you could be hot but to, you're- okay to me a great example of someone who i think a lot of people think is sexy but doesn't have a lot of to me sexual charisma would be like i'll bring it back to 50 shades of gray a jamie dornan type the actor. Oh, did you see Barb and the Star go to Vista Del Mar? I sure did. Isn't that him? 
That is him. That wasn't sexual charisma to you? No. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, okay. I watched him. I got to tell you, I'm so sorry, Liam. I watched a show where he was a serial killer and I wanted to have sex with him. I he mean, is on a show called The Fall where he is a full stalker, serial killer, psycho. And I was like, this is one of the hottest men I've ever seen in my life. he sings the seagull song in that movie, how does it go? Seagull in the sky and Yeah, That's not I mean... I, lo- I like, uh, yeah. But I to guess me, what you're proving charisma. is just we all have our own sexual charisma scales. I'm saying you can't be sexy without it. So like, I'm trying to think of someone that's hot but doesn't have sexual charisma. Maybe that's, no, because I've seen Henry Cavill like look a woman up and down on a red carpet and it was hot. But I'm trying to think, like, like Jason Momoa, if he didn't have his personality, would just be hot. But I can't <gasps> well, think let me of ask you, someone okay, that's wait. just hot. I think I have it. I think I have it. I think a lot of people think this person is sexy, but I don't think he has sexual charisma. Okay. I think for an like a Tom Cruise. Oh, yeah. yes, yes. No, Agreed. but I don't think he's sexy Thank or you. has charisma. Yeah, maybe but at, I think at twenty-four. A lot of- yes, but these are women that are damaged. They're stuck in the eighties. <laughs> yes, and also people who have a little bit of like a complex around maybe like romanticizing a kind of guy who's just like a little too intense and maybe wants to kind of like own you. Yeah. Yeah. He's not sexy. But you have to plot your divorce from in the cover of night. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And when you say plot divorce also in cover of night, you're like plotting the divorce the second you sign that marriage certificate. You're like, so like the out plan is what's our time frame? (laughs) Like, now listen, we we should be not sexy. I got it. Um, The Hemsworth that was married to Miley Cyrus. Luke or Liam? Not Thor. Um, Liam. Do, I, it's do e- I Google not Thor? Yeah, Liam. Liam. Chris is Thor mm. and Liam's the other one. Yeah. Yeah. Liam would, is hot. He's, I must agree. He's a hot guy. That's not a sexy guy because he has no sexual charisma. And you would never think God, he's that is sexy. so true. Yeah. Like you could be hot, uh, the hottest person ever and still not have sexual charisma. That's special. Before we move on to your next pick, here's, a f- here's another fun one. Who's a person that we think is maybe not conventionally attractive, but does have sexual charisma? Oh, uh, not for I just thought of someone that's famously that, but not for me. Who do I think is not? Well, who, well who's the like who's though? But who say that name? Because maybe that'll be a good like jumping up like a People springboard. People really want to fuck Adrian Brody in a way that doesn't really match his face. They normally. Do? Yeah. People like him. People that's like shocking to me. That's shocking to me because he just gives me the worst vibes like i would never want to be stuck in a conversation one-on-one with him <laughs> for what me it's I also like hot, the really really hot. young kids like timothy chalamet i guess is like uh, kind of fucking one of the oh, hottest women in the world right now and he's right. just not like he's a child to me and kind of like seems like a skinny little like boy so i don't know yes oh i will say also a lot of people want to fuck leonardo dicaprio and he does absolutely nothing for me Boom! That's the one. So there it is. He he that does is, like I, really, truly nothing. He did when he was like fifteen on Growing Pains, and then never since. See, my thing is, we would of course grown up with like the lore and luster that was Titanic, and even like a Titanic and G- Romeo and Juliet era, like DiCaprio. I was like, I don't get it. I do not understand. Like in Romeo and Juliet, I was like invested in the story. I thought they were like a hot couple or whatever, but it was like I just he doesn't do it for me. You know, he's everything to me. Um, he was that type okay. is important to me. Like, um, Leo in Titanic, Nick Carter, that like, um, 
floppy hair, like the floppy Devin, yeah. the Devon Sawa. I like loved that oh, shiny, shiny it. blonde hair. But I like women that look like like exude that more than men. Men, I like more uh, Guillermo Diaz type. You know. I will say, and I swear to God, I promise we'll move on. My poor producer Mimi is like, Why? for the love of Christ. But I want to say this. Did either of you see Devin Sawa when he was in Hacks? Oh, it's the hottest thing ever. And he does oh. follow me and I talk about it. One time he retweeted something of mine. And to this day, it's like. He's active. It's my, he's, it's such a badge of honor. I, when I saw him basically playing this like 40 something tattooed, muscle guy in this bar putting the moves on Gene Smart I was like I need to go be by myself is what I said after I watched that episode I was like so I was so captivated by him oh my god he's recently been posting this really um, hot photo of himself uh, that I like I'm gonna find it real quick Well, listen, while you're pulling that up, why don't we move on to your next joint pull? Because I feel like maybe this would be... Because I I am very concerned that maybe this is going to be the thing. I hope this doesn't rip us apart because I have very mixed feelings about this. And you you both have brought on the Real Housewives franchise. So yeah. explain yeah. to me why you love Housewives so much. You know, well, we- there's a political answer, a real answer. There's a philosophical answer. There's just like so many layers to the Housewives um, but yes, Kara, go ahead. I mean, I was just going to say, like, it's like what Lisa said, like, really, I've been brought more. I was always watching it. I will say, like, I started New York because I was I was living in New York and I was like, all right, I want to see where these women go. And then I got into it because I was like, oh, this is really interesting that we're seeing. Like, I'd already watched The Hills. I'd watched Laguna Beach. I'd watched so many young people reality shows. And now right. it's like, oh, women of a certain age that have like have a little bit more experience and a little bit more like, you know, even though they're crazy in their own way. Like I, I respect that these like women are getting to tell their stories and stuff. And I was really interested in all that. And I also was like, oh, I want to see where they're going because they live in New York. But then I was like even further pulled in to all the franchises of like, oh, this is a city I actually don't know that well. Maybe I'll learn more about like this place and these people through these women. And then it became like what Lisa said at the beginning just a tie with all my friendships, especially in pandemic. It was like, we Mm. had so little in these shows. A lot of these shows like kept filming and like we would get together and like watch them in people's backyards, like on projectors and stuff because we like, you know, couldn't gather inside. And so I will say the pandemic, like, like I was already way in, like I already watched several franchises, but the pandemic, like I added franchises and I like, it really solidified my um, obsession. So, Do either of you have a favorite franchise before before we get too fur- further into well, this? Well, classically, I did always love New York, but then the, the final season that of the of New York original kind of got lost its way, and then they just rebooted it with a new season that I was pleasantly surprised by. And then I've always liked. Um, Honestly, I'm late to Potomac and I really enjoy Potomac. I've heard amazing things about Potomac. Like everyone was like, you got to watch Potomac. And I was like, I don't have time. I can't add another one. And I'm so happy I did because I really love that one. Lisa, what were you going to say before I cut you off? Oh, I was just going to talk about my journey through the why I watched. Yes, yes. So I started like straight up 2006. You know what I mean? Like with OC? I started OC when. So I graduated high school in 05. So I've been watching since I was like a teenager. I remember the first episodes. I remember being gripped, but I've always 
you know, I watched the like Kara said, Laguna Beach. I was watching Rich Girls. I also watched America's Next Top Model. I love MTV's Real World. Um, I love wealth. I liked it all. I like to, you know, when I babysit, I used to look through stuff. Like I like knowing how people live. Like I enjoy it all. And then what I also love is these bitches get wasted. And it's really mm. changed throughout the years. Like in the beginning, if you see it's more family time, and now it's turned yeah. into a show. And I got a lot of this insight from Brian Moylan's book, but like it's turned into where their vacations and dinners and the fights are central in the family aside. So I've we've seen it throughout the years, but it's you know. Roxanne Gay talks about how it's like super feminist and like you don't see women in their 40s and 50s on television being sexy, being loose sluts. OK, um, also great parents, busy business women. A lot of these women made their own money. Self-made came from fucked up lives, white trash situations like, real, you know, and you have these women that have like made it. They are established and they're they're willing to get messy and ruin and destroy their whole lives for our entertainment, like a modern sure. day Marilyn Monroe vibe, if you will. Yeah, yeah. Lisa Rinna is somewhere thrilled that she's being compared adjacently to Marilyn Monroe. <laughs> <laughs> and then you know, there's the villain. There's different types, and so you know, you have the villains. You have the the villains that are smart and producing. You have the villains that are dumb and evil. Um, you have real life. We've seen real life moments with these people losing their homes divorces kids going to college like we've really cast members going to jail life Jen yes. Shaw, where yeah. are you yeah and so it's really a mix of light and dark it, yeah um, but and then it's on the overarching thing outside of all of this like mumbo jumbo i'm saying is it is the funniest thing these women's catchphrases lines what they do no compares to nothing like they are the funniest people to exist and not on purpose, I would say most well, of the time. You're actually helping to kind of provide an incredible transition because you had mentioned sometimes there's kind of like controversy and mixed feelings over sort of the way that I think drinking and sort of like the excesses depicted sometimes on that show. And I guess I'm curious to know from both of you, how do you personally feel about, you know, I think that show gets dinged a lot because maybe they're taking women who might have, let's say, any garden variety sliding scale of either an addiction problem or maybe a behavioral disorder, mental health stuff, and kind of putting them in an environment where all that stuff gets triggered. Excuse me? Did you just say let's talk let's about not, the husband? Let's not talk about what you don't want to help. You know what? Let me tell you something. Don't ever don't touch my husband. Just saying. Don't you ever you don't want out for everybody to know. You better watch what you talk about me, or everybody will know. Never. Everybody will know my husband. Everybody will know. You understand that? So how do you both feel about that kind of thing that sometimes threads its way through the show? Well, they're good at it. It's good to watch. Um, I think they've done some <laughs> irresponsible things. I could definitely think yeah. of moments where someone should have intervened, but also it catapulted them to fame and money. No, I, um, I don't know, because it's like, are the people that are willing to be on reality TV and expose themselves in this way, like, uh, inherently, do they have to have a problem mentally? Hmm. And that's kind of the thing. Like, who else would do this? So Bravo is actually doing a service. 
And oh. <laughs> no. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, things are. Bravo is actually a government program. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They get funding from Joe Biden every single <laughs> year, and we need them. Remember how Bravo used to be about the arts? No, girl. We're about drunk women now. It's exciting. No, Kara, what do you but think? The editing well, of Vanderpump well, Rules was nominated for an Emmy this year. I mean, what they did boom. with Scandal, like while we were watching, it was like, this editing is masterful. And they're finally getting oh, yeah. the, because um, the editing is so funny as well. My whole thing is like, no matter how bad women are, they're, even the worst woman is better than most men. That's like always how I, what I believe. So yes, uh, that's honestly, some of these that's front women. Runner, that's front runner for title of ep. Most <laughs> <laughs> the worst women are still better than most men. So That's like, title of app. Are there Trumpers? Are there criminals? Yes. And they do go serve time. Are there bad people? Are there uh, people with personality disorders? Are there evil? There's all of that. But like take anything that men enjoy and it's full on rape and murder. So like go watch the NFL. But like I don't feel like um, these women don't really get away with that much. They are t- put in like... They have to answer for every mistake they make always. True. True. They are being they're not hiding. There's no fancy lawyers. They are going to prison. Their flaws are seen. Yeah. Kara, what, what's your what's your Yeah, I gut mean definitely I've been watching episodes where I'm like, oh, this is a person that they're letting be on at like a dr- a drink fueled dinner that also is on pills, obviously, and is yes. so drunk immediately and slurring and getting like just having a full personality but change. But she was put so, on pause. You know, when course. it gets and too so far, then they, Bravo does yeah. take people to task like you're you know like well because they're doing that on off. their own or because they're get people are putting pressure on them to do that like I don't know that they would necessarily be doing that on their own if there wasn't necessarily always like this call to action of like this is not responsible no, because it's not good tell yes it's all about what we enjoy yeah. and so as a viewer yeah when it gets too dark and also like I didn't watch Dallas I did stop OC for a while because of the anti-vax stuff and Kelly Dodd like I do make mm. certain decisions of people that like really bother me I would say Let's get into your last poll because I it also brilliantly ties into the gorgeous show you both have together. That's messed up an SVU podcast. You both, of course, have brought on really another Wait, juggerna- I, juggernaut. I do have to say something else about Housewives because it got really dark, and I want to bring it okay. back before we move on to SVU, which is full on darkness. Well, no, there's Go. there's some joy. Um, Go for it. But also about Bravo, back to like the community. The memes are amazing. The Etsy's yes. are amazing. Like the jokes, the wildness, and like. At the end of the day, it's all just like gossip and people acting wild and really sharing their lives. And we love to gossip and we like being included in all of their stuff. So it is just, I don't know. I love it. I was watching Andy Cohen's <laughs> Watch What Happens before we popped on this. I mean, we love, listen, we love someone who builds a brand. I'll say that. Andy um, Cohen no, you- revolutionized everything. He's like the RuPaul of Bravo. Bravo. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I would Wait. say <laughs> speaking Kara. of shows that <laughs> speaking of shows that have revolutionized. So you both, of course, do love and it's very apt given your show that you have together, but you both do love Law and Order SVU. And so I'm curious to know because true crime has been brought up on this show before, but I'm curious to know from you both, like prior to kind of finding the show, like were you both true crime gals? 
Yeah, I grew um, up with it. I think we both did. Like, I wanted to be a forensic, like, pathologist when I was young. I was into killers, psychology, jail stuff. I watched Oz. I love James Patterson book. Yeah, I was, like, really into detectives, crime, what's going to happen. 2020, that was big for me. I found yeah. autopsy forensic files through the years. So, like, it was always something I was interested in, um, for sure. But I don't want it to be, like... You know, I might not know every detail about BTK. Get away from me. I smoke a lot of weed. I'm about to spark a joint right now. So, you know. I mean, God bless. Um, I just Cara, don't want it to be with- like, how do you know every song from this person? But <sighs> no, like no, 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 <laughs> not at all. No, but I mean, like, I think, but I'm, so Carol, were you also like a true crime girly? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, growing up, I, I watched like a lot of um, murder stuff on TV. And uh, I remember like being on vacation at my at with my parents somewhere and like at the rental house just like reading a book about this woman who killed her kids like I just was like always into that stuff well, your and, like, whole family was, the clanks yeah. watched crime stuff as a family over the holidays yeah. oh my god I thought you were about to say like yeah like your whole family was killed I was no, no, I, no. so oh my god oh my no no god. no they're all still you know kicking and we all puh, puh, puh. Um, have always like loved that stuff like we'll like when we get together for holidays and stuff we'll like watch what the newest like true crime thing is or we'll find some like kind of of a more obscure one and watch it. So yeah, I've always been into that stuff. Um, and then, but I can't say that like pre SVU, I was really into like a procedural in the same way. I think mm. it like hit me yeah. at the right time because like there had been like, I don't know if you call like NYPD blue a procedural, but there had been like other yeah, sort of yeah. like, you know, like cop procedurals before. And the original law and order had been on, but I was never like a huge person. And then it, I think just the time, which actually SVU shares a birthday with me uh, that it dropped in 1999 on my birthday, September 20th. Uh, I feel like I was happy just like belated. Thank you. Six days later. Happy belated. Thank when you. we're recording this. We yes. actually went to Vegas to see Drag Race live. Work the world. Fuck. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So it dropped on your birthday. And then I guess the question then is like, yeah, so why SVU then and not the other franchises? I think because we talk about this all the time. Like the fact that it's like crimes that are like mostly based towards women. I know it's women and children on the show, but like it is, it's sort of like this fantasy of the justices system that like, you know, crimes get prosecuted, whether you want them to as the victim or not, like Olivia Benson's going to fight for you. And like, there's nine, like, nine times out of 10, like there's usually justice at the end. Like there's always the 10th episode where it's like, fuck, nothing could have been done. You know, like they try to keep it in reality. But, um, I think it's just like, we, as women, like live through the world, we go through the world, like with, I mean, sort of even like a base level of fear, you know, Mm -hmm. and that show kind of helps like for a lot of us, like kind of mitigate it in a lot of ways. Like we get a lot of survivors that contact us and are like, I love listening to your show. Like it really helps me. And, you know, so, and I think they feel the same way about SVU, you know? So, well, I, but also the I'm, set yeah. of detectives are the best. Like I've never like Mariska Hargitay is captivating. Ice T is incredible. Belzer, like you know, we love Maloney. We love the Dean Winters, the guest actors, the like the Martin Short, the Carol Burnett's, like and Neil Bear, who did show run season two through twelve, is a literal like genius. And yeah. it is all BD Wong. What he says on that show is real. Like. Um, Neil Bear is a doctor. He is reading medical journals. They are writing episodes with actual Brooklyn SVU. And so it's all coming from such real places. They discuss topics way ahead of 
I mean, some things they were behind on and used language that was fucked, but they talked about issues decades, like decades before. Like we're dealing with some stuff now that was brought up in early seasons of SVU in very real ways. So it's really educational. It pushes the limits. It makes people think about things. And obviously you could watch it as like, if you're not that smart, you could watch it as just cop ganda. You know what I mean? Like, it could just be like, mm-hmm. this is the real police. But you, if you're a woman, you know it's not. Um, <laughs> yeah. And or hopefully so, any dis- discerning, thoughtful person. Hopefully, yeah. fingers crossed. So, yeah. like, the writing, the realness of it all. And then on top of it, the acting is incredible. And it brings so much. And then there's, with the Neil Barriers, um, a simmering of funny lines and dark humor and mm-hmm. uh, little thing, camp. There's a little camp in there. And I don't we know. I love that. If, I don't know if I heard this actually from both of your, if, from your show, from your podcast, but, and I'm, I'm pretty sure I did, that apparently, like, when people are training to become, like, cops or officers, and particularly in this line of work, like, I heard that some teachers, when it comes to like bedside manner with like someone who's been attacked, they've actually recommended watching Mariska Hargitay because according to some teachers, they're like her bedside manner and the way that she interacts with victims is perfect. So Amelia, I need you to tell me again exactly what your father did to you. This is dumb. No, listen to me, please. It is very important. I need you to trust me. And after this, I promise you, I'm not going to bother you again. Please. So you said, you said that it happened in the morning when Laura was at school, right? And I think that she's like a huge part of the success of the show as well. Like, I mean, like Absolutely. I do love M- Maloney and, and Belzer and Ice-T and all those people, but like she is really like, I think what brings a lot of people in, like people thought the show might not go on after Maloney left in season tw- at the end of season 12 and like they're right. about to start season 25. So she's right, carried right. the show for over half of its life by herself. And every single person we've interviewed, which has been like over 150, 140 something actors, is like she is the best person to work for. She sets the tone of the whole set. Like she's so amazing. And then she does all this real life work with ending the backlog on rape kits and stuff like that. So I do feel there's sort of like, I hate to use like the word like magic about her, but I feel like there is a little bit of like Marishka magic that like, that is what like hooked a lot of us and what keeps us coming back to it. And like why the show is still so successful. And it's emotional. Amazing. Yes. You know, there's episodes that stick with each of us for years now. Like, there are just some episodes that are. Yeah, it'll change well, the word you guys life. use a lot, like, like, like haunted. Haunting. I know that's what you guys use we a lot. Love like, to I'm say haunting. like, yeah. yeah, like I'm haunted by this episode. Really haunting, but then the comfort of the procedural is so nice, and like, I truly will have one episode on for on my laptop for work, and then I'll have like the hotel TV have a different episode on, and I'll go back and forth. Like, it is wow. really something. Um, I, I can't get enough of. I don't know. It's it's. I think it is. It is a weird. And and I you know I say this obviously with an incredible grain of salt because I understand of course the subject matter is tough, but like there is something about 
And weirdly, actually, I think the golden thread connecting your three pulls is like there is something about the comfort of the formula. Yeah. Like even when you're talking about Drag Race, it's like even though the girls are going to be different, you know XYZ is going to happen. And then not dissimilarly with Housewives, it's like there's a sense of even though life is going to happen to these women and things, there'll be variables, like there's a sense of, okay, but we're still going to see these dynamics at play. And then with SVU, it's like, I think Lisa, I think you were the one saying like, it is almost the, the, the romanticizing of like the way the criminal justice system could work of like, wouldn't it be amazing if actually all these cases could be brought to trial and then, you know, have these people get their justice. Like, I think there's something very comforting in that. Yeah, like usually about halfway through the episode, we've got a perp in custody and then we're taking him to court and like, you know, what's going to and then the twist comes around this time, you know, so but they play with that. Obviously, it's not always the same, but yeah, yeah, no, I think it's amazing. I also have to say, I just think like I do think just to echo the point, if you are looking at that show carefully enough, like it is, it can be an educational tool and not like a propaganda tool. 100%. Yeah. They do a good job um, of like that. The other cop departments are not nice to victims and that they suck. And SVU is always kind of fighting against the other cops as well. Yeah. Like there's always corruption, huge corruption going on in other squads, like not this specific group, you know? And Um, what all three housewives SVU and drag race have in common is the merch. And I'm going to buy it all. So (laughs) I'm looking forward and there's a merch from all the shows in every corner. Of my home. And consumerism is alive and well on this podcast. God <laughs> bless. Ladies, thank you both so much for being thank on this you. show. You both are fantastic. Before you leave, we of course want everyone to rate, review, and subscribe to That's a Messed Up Pod, an SVU podcast. They want we want people to find you guys there and then also let people know listening at home where they can find you on social so that they can keep up to date with everything you've got going on. And also I wanted to mention that we are on a fall tour. So starting Hello. Uh, we've already done a few uh, dates in September, but but starting October 8th, we're in Buffalo and then like go to that's messed up live.com that has like all of our dates, but we're in like St. Louis, Toronto, Boston, New York, Philly, Fuck yes. uh, Vermont, Connecticut, all kinds of places, Pittsburgh, yeah. Salt Lake, yeah. Chicago, Chicago and Boston. We're playing some big, important venues, Madison, So everyone go get tickets, go yeah, yeah. buy your tickets and support sure. these so ladies. See us, but then if you want to find me on the internet, I'm just Kara Clank, all K's. Perfect. And then Lisa, what's your handle? You have my favorite handle of all time. Ooh, I'm at Glitter Cheese, baby. No, just at Boom. Glitter Cheese. At Glitter Cheese. And I'm on the road <laughs> doing stand up as well. So go on my Instagram. Link tree. Ladies, thank you both so much. This was a blast. I'm so glad I got to finally meet you, Kara. Lisa, lovely t- chatting with you again. And hopefully we'll see you both very soon. Bye. Thank you thank so you. much. Bye. Ugh, my thanks to Kara Clink and Lisa Traeger. Ladies, you were fantastic. Be sure to follow them on socials. Be sure to listen to their podcast, That's Messed Up, an SVU podcast. And, you know, rate, review, subscribe to their show. And then also while you're at it and feeling generous, rate, review, and subscribe to this show. It means a lot. We want you to tell people about it. In the way that, like, I want guests to tell me everything about their pop culture picks, like, I want you to tell everyone about this show. Does that make sense? With something we should also say, this show has an Instagram. Go over to Tell Liam everything if you want to keep up to date with the show. And if you want to also keep up to date with everything I've got going on just in my life, both with and separate from the show, I'm at Liam Garrow. And because everyone is so 
absolutely generous and lovely coming on with their pop culture picks on this show. I would like to treat you all and leave you with a little nugget of something that I've been obsessing over recently. If you all have not, because again, we acknowledge the time machine on this show. So it is the end of September. And I think, but two weeks ago, Mitski, M-I-T-S-K-I. She's a singer, an absolutely gorgeous singer songwriter who just put out her newest record called This Land is Inhospitable and So Are We. It is quite possibly the most gorgeous record I've heard in a long time. And also too, y'all, if you're looking for like a fun, cozy, autumnal winter vibe, this album wraps you around like with its like gorgeous, warm, like woolen mitten gloves. Like it's just, it's such a, it's in spite of how kind of like sparse and pared down the record is musically, there's also something simultaneously so lush about it. So I encourage you to listen to that. Thank you again for listening. Rate, review, subscribe. Can't say it enough. As always, I'm Liam Garrow. We will see you next week. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.